Welcome to Faith and Learning Chapel. By now, I, I hope that most of you know that this is a, a time in the semester that we set aside to have a conversation with one another about uh, our lives of faith and the ways in which they intersect with the, the project we engage in here, the project of, of learning. In that way, uh, we, we hope that in these times we live into that invitation of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, when he invites us to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God as a spiritual act of worship. And he tells us there that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and that is, of course, central to our identity as a, as a Christian college. Last semester, maybe you remember, we had a conversation with Professor Bill Malice about uh, his work uh, with the biblical text and how it intersected with his own personal journey and also how it may uh, speak to us in our journeys. How do we wrestle with the application of Scripture in our lives and how then does the, the course he teaches and Bible and current perspective relate to that? This morning and, and this semester, as we were thinking about uh, themes, uh, the Division of General Education wanted to uh, thought that this would be an appropriate time to think about the life of Christian faith and its, its intersections with people of other religious traditions. Uh, there's no need for me to enumerate for you the reasons why this might be a, a relevant topic to our world. You don't have to go very far or, or dig very deep to recognize that this is a world where religious identity and religious division uh, can be found in, in all corners of our, uh, our lives. You can read about uh, what's happening in the country of Myanmar today and read about how uh, a group of people who are usually referred to as Rohingya Muslims are suffering at the hands of a population that's usually identified as a majority Buddhist population and wonder what role religion plays in that situation. You can read, uh, as there was this morning, a story about a a city in New Jersey that's struggling with the question of whether there should be a, a mosque built in their community, and all kinds of other issues that we uh, could touch on. So this morning, uh, we're going to engage that conversation and think together about how uh, our life of faith as Christians uh, relates to these themes. And to do that, uh, we've uh, asked Professor Julian Tegerstrand who teaches uh, our world religions class for us to come and, and be a, a part of that conversation. But we've also invited uh, two of your fellow students, uh, Caleb Lynch, who's a senior Christian ministries major, uh, and Amanda Ceballos, who is a senior psychology major, to participate in that conversation. So would you uh, welcome them as they come? For those of you who, uh, you know, are worried, uh, this is not going to be a, a conversation about contrasting football faiths. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to let Professor Tegerstrand, you know, hold to her Philadelphia loyalties and just acknowledge that well, that's heretical, but, but it'll well, be okay. I don't know. I mean, we are talking about a sense of world religion. Yeah. Connected to that is relational pluralism, which is about developing cooperation and respect for difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so far. But then, I mean, yeah, some things just push it, it too far. It's, you know, <laughs> So, uh, Professor Tigerstrand, our, our first question is, is for you. Uh, and I just wondered if you would start us off by talking just a little bit about sort of your own personal formation and particularly how it is that you came to be you know, a professor who was interested in world religions, intercultural studies. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and part of your own journey. I have had an interest in culture um, from a very young age, and really my first memory of that um, connects to here I am teaching world religions at um, Nazarene College. I was in kindergarten or even preschool and met a girl named Mickey, and she, uh, her skin color was dark, and I then would be invited to her home, and I remember walking into her, her home and just being um, hit with these smells that I was not used to, and seeing an elephant um, with flowers around it, and then knowing, like, wow, she's from India, like, her family's from India, so she was Hindu, and just remember, like, being so curious, like, oh, it's so different than where I grew up. Um, so that's a first memory, but um, just having an interest in missions, um, culture and religion just go so hand in hand. But I think where my like, intentional interest in world religions came was really with 9-11. And when Islam became front and center of the, the news 24-7, um, it was like, wow, what, what's really behind this? And so beginning to be curious. And then I moved to South Korea for four years and began to live in a cultural context that had Confucianism, Buddhism, and Christianity all kind of swirling around in the cultural context. And getting to know women um, through my church who were Korean and um, you know, had grown up in a really Buddhist-formed culture and were trying to, they were wrestling with what does it mean to, to have these Buddhist cultural practices that are a part of the expectation of our family life, but also to be Christian. And how do we wrestle with those tensions? And so it became really real to me, particularly living in Korea. Um, so I, I've always wanted to teach at a Christian college. And so when it happened, that world religions was a part of it. I was like, ooh, can I teach that? Yeah, great, thanks. I, I wonder, I mean, you've already in some ways started down that, that road. And, and I'd like to hear from uh, Amanda and Caleb from you on this question as well. But uh, we'll, maybe we'll start with you. Uh, how, how has knowing people, being in relationship with people, or, or learning about the, the practices of, of other faiths informed your own sort of faith journey? How is that, how would you say that that has, has shaped you? First of all, I think of the first half of my life, I um, had a real fear of learning. Like, maybe if I learn about Hinduism really, or Islam really, I'll like somehow lose a part of myself, or what will people think of me? Um, so it really took me living overseas to recognize how different religions are um, like so essential to certain areas of the world. So um, for one thing, it was just moving kind of beyond that place of being afraid. And then once I started learning, um, I just, Learning about people, not only meeting people, but learning people who are practicing these faith traditions, who are world leaders, and just developing an incredible appreciative knowledge for who they are, um, how they've made huge inroads. 
But for me personally, um, this might come as a surprise, but I feel like learning about other traditions and, and getting to know people of other traditions has actually helped me hold more lightly to my faith tradition and not in the way that you would think. It's not that I'm like losing somehow my faith. It's actually more of the opposite of like, I'm, I'm holding lightly because I'm becoming more curious and open and and sometimes when I hold on too tightly, there's no room for curiosity. There's no room to, um, to allow these other traditions to even help shine light on my own tradition. So I, I, just, I feel like I'm growing in my appreciation for who God is by learning these other cultural, because they are cultural perspectives of um, how other people see the divine and how other people understand this like ultimate reality that they define in their different ways. Amanda, Caleb, either of you have any thoughts about that question? Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. Uh, in this class, I just kind of, I first came in as sort of that skeptic, oh, I'm going to lose everything, oh, I'm just not going to understand everything that's being taught, I'm not going to understand everything that's going to be said. Uh, but I found myself, as I went on these different visits, I took the honors track, uh, going to the different mosques, going to the... Uh, was it a Buddhist prayer center and all these other places, Jewish synagogue, I found myself seeing their practices, seeing their things that they do, and it shed light on what I do. It actually held me accountable saying, there's a reason that they have their practices, there's a reason I have my practices. I need to understand the meaning behind mine so I can really understand my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, for me, coming from a very... Uh, strict uh, Christian background, um, I really didn't have the option or the choice of venturing out other than, you know, sticking to this is what it is, A, B, C, D, you know, it's not like go from D and like up. So um, when I did take the honor track as well. When I did go to all these different churches and like, you know, experiencing their religion, um, through my perspective, through my Christian lens, I felt like, um, you know, we have a lot of similarities. Uh, we all see in each um, religion there is one big God, you know, even though that we believe as Christians that God is God and that's it, you know, and that um, there's no other gods before him. I feel like uh, there are those that like that type, that background in um, the Muslim uh, and the Buddhist religion as well. So um, I felt really honored and I, it's not like I've never been to any of these because I've lived in different areas and cities that are big melting pots of different cultures, different backgrounds and um, I've got to experience a Muslim family and I've lived with them for like a good like two days and I've experienced their shoes and um, vice versa. So I felt like um, having an open mind to these different religions, um, like you said, has strengthened my perspective, my Christian journey. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks. I, I think the next question, as I was as I was preparing for for chapel this morning, there was a there was a certain element to this next question that was a. Uh, it was a, a sort of moment of personal conviction for me because I think I, I realized as I thought about, about it that I don't, I don't think there is a person in, in my life uh, that I would consider like a, a 
a good friend uh, who, who actively practices another religious tradition. I have some friends who would say they have no religious identity or that they have just a very, like, you know, like they're a, a secular Jewish identity or, or something like that. But beyond that, um, I can't, I, I don't think I have a friend who is actively practicing as a, as a Muslim or, or a Buddhist or, or anything else. So it made, it made me sort of wonder, like, what does, what does, what does relationship with people of other religious traditions look like? In what ways should I pursue that as a, as a person of Christian faith? Um, or, you know, should I be satisfied and think, no, it's okay, no big deal? I, I think it's, um, I'm, I think I'm on my own learning trajectory and certainly, I mean, I have a, it's easier for me to begin these relationships in this sense because I'm teaching this class and man, I have inherited an incredible opportunity with world religions and we'll talk about that I think later, but um, the relationships with the people that we get to go and visit and talk with were handed down to me from the professors that taught this before. And so what a gift it is. And so I, I am also like in this similar place where like how do you create relationships? And I think because I've gone to Christian college and seminary and worked at Christian institutions, it can be more difficult. So I'll just put that out there. Um, but I I'd also, in the different um, things that I'm getting to do here in Boston, I'm realizing there is, like, you don't have to go very far here to, to engage with people who have a different tradition. Um, it is all over the place. There are festivals, like food and um, you know, lectures and movies all over the area. And so, I mean, it, it's out there. You just have to, you have to look for it. Um, you don't have to go very far, which is amazing since we live here. Uh, but in terms of um, being a Christian, I think that it, it, it couldn't be more important than it is now um, to, to begin to become what's called a bridge builder. Not someone who's just staying in our Christian community, but someone who's beginning to learn, like gain appreciative knowledge, both the knowledge of these traditions, their histories, um, their beliefs, but then also beginning to meet people who actually practice them so that we get to see beyond the, the stereotypes and the, the negative media stories about the traditions to kind of humanize these traditions. Uh, I think it's a part of our calling as Christian to be peacemakers. And how can we be that? If, or how can we become peacemakers if we, if we don't even know people um, who are practicing these traditions? When we become bridge builders, um, we can then become agents of helping others know about these people and, and how they practice and the respect that we have for them. And that can actually infiltrate a community. If only a few, if, if, if a few of us become um, people who are getting to know others of different traditions, then we can actually have an impact on a whole community, mm -hmm. which is, is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amanda or Caleb, either of you want to chime in on this one? Well, I've had the luck of experiencing um, a whole entire different tradition, like. Mm -hmm throughout a whole two days. And um, that experience has helped me in the class world religions. Um, I have a friend named Mai, she is Muslim. Um, well, she practices the religion. And I had a really, it's 
At first, I was like, it's all about the food. I'm about to try some good food, something different, nice spice, you know. And I was like, yum. Uh, <laughs> but um, other than the food, I was like, I was shocked at how, um, what's the word? How dedicated they are to their religion. So, and I always told this to my mom. If, um, if we were as dedicated as they were to praying at a certain time for on our knees for a certain amount of um, hours, uh, you know, eat from a certain time to certain time and then just go fasting after that, like full on, like probably just having like sips of water and that's it. Like if we were as Christians that dedicated, I mean, the, the world would change. So like uh, I was I was relieved at the fact that her traditions, her uh, dedication to her traditions, to her culture, um, really didn't differ, like, from what I believe in, um, other than, you know, the names. It's just all names and, and things like that. But I was happy to find that, you know, I can interact with her and not feel awkward, you know, not feel different because she's wearing a hadith you know, not feel different because her mom was, you know, like just screaming different things in a language that I didn't know. Because it's probably the same when I'm screaming in, with my mom in Spanish. So I know that um, all these things, like we had a bunch of things in common and, and I wasn't scared at all to be introduced to something different. So I feel like if we are open to the idea of interacting with other people and not being afraid of, you know, actually absorbing the culture, um, we can go far away in places. Uh, similar answer. Uh, I, throughout this class, it also reminded me of the people that I grew up with. In my high school, I had a lot of friends who I just worked out with, played baseball with. Uh, I helped out a lot of them in different classes. Just their difference of religion. Uh, a couple of them were Buddhist, a couple of them were Muslim. It just brought to mind the different people that I interacted in high school with. Uh, then through, that, through this question, I also brought to mind uh, Jesus' commandment, love God and love others. Uh, I asked the question to myself, am I loving God and loving others when I'm just stuck in my own little bubble? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm loving God, but am I doing what he's called me to do? Mm -hmm. And through this experience, through this class, it's really helped show me another practical way which I can love God and love others. Mm -hmm. Through the relational building, it's through uh, taking time to hear people, taking time to understand where they're coming from, taking time to understand their culture. Because I was just one person to say, mm, no, not my culture. I'm not gonna actually look at it. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna stay in my own little area. Mm -hmm. yeah. Another thing would be, um, I mean, a huge thing for me is Christian hospitality of really being opening myself to the other, and there's such a variety of different ways to do that, but in one is, is really gaining um, knowledge about these traditions, and then also building of these relationships. And something that's really interesting that there's this, what they call like the interfaith triangle, and it, it's this idea that our attitudes, our positive attitudes towards people that are different than us, and in this case, different religions, increase as we gain knowledge about their tradition, so like history, like actually textbook kind of stuff. And it increases even more when we get to know people of a tradition. So our attitude towards 
people who practice Islam will begin to shift. And if our attitude changes, then we can have an influence on other people's attitudes because we've met someone or we know something. So it's like this triangle that it, the attitudes grow and, and then our relationships um, have the potential to grow in a positive way. So world religions is obviously uh, is one of, the, one of the core courses that we put in our, our general education curriculum. And I don't, I don't know to what degree you know, people are aware of this, but for the most part, the, the gen ed curriculum here at ENC looks a lot like the gen ed curriculum at, you know, at our, our sister, Nazarene colleges at our fellow Christian colleges across the United States. You know, it's pretty standard. You take a history course and a literature course and a Bible course and a Christian tradition course, an ethics course of some sort. The one, the one course that if you were to compare sort of the, the ENC general education curriculum with, uh, with those of, of other schools, it, the one that sort of stands out is world religions. I, I, I don't know, there probably is one or, or one or two others, but I don't know of another Christian college that requires its students um, to take world religions. And I think we've already kind of touched on a little bit of that, but I wonder sort of, maybe we start with you again, Professor Tegersheim. What do you think it, what does it say about churches or, or, or Christian colleges when they sort of leave this as, a, as an optional field of study? And, and how, do we, how do you hope that your class sort of speaks to the broader formation of, of students here? I, I mean, I think it's liberal arts is um, so important to becoming a well-rounded person, particularly in our age when we expect to be working several jobs and we really have to become a creative person who can grow with the times. Mm -hmm. And so it, there's reasons why we other schools um, have not had this in because there's so many things that you could include so I can I can understand I think that we're in a time 20 years ago maybe um, not having world religions in the, the general education requirement it would be okay and I think it you know it works for other schools but we, there is not a place you can go in the country where you're gonna be in a job and you're probably not gonna come up against or come in relationship with someone who's working or who is of a different tradition. Uh, we are in a, a very multi-racial, multi-religious world in the United States more than ever. And so it's amazing that we have this class as a part of our liberal arts because it's preparing all of us to engage in whatever work we do once we leave here getting us ready to engage the people that we will be in relationship to. If you're not working with people of different traditions, you will have kids eventually and they will be in school with people in different traditions. You know, what happens when your daughter comes home and she's got someone, a friend who, um, it's Ramadan. Um, or, you know, like how, how are, if you're gonna be a teacher in a school, how are you going to be aware of the needs that your Muslim students have or the differences that's like, what are you gonna do when they're not allowed to eat during the day? Is there a space that you can create? So there's just gonna be a lot of dilemmas in our lifetime, no matter what job we do. So um, I just think it's imperative and I, I think it's, it's awesome that we can at least be a model mm -hmm. for other schools. Um, 
so that every single person can at least have some appreciative knowledge by the time they walk out of here. I don't know if either of you want to sort of speak to, to that issue or maybe the, the ways in which you think your, your education at ENC has been shaped by that exposure. I, I know you've already sort of touched on some of those things, but if you had anything you wanted to add. I, I would say the one thing I want to add to Prof. Tegerstrand's conversation she started there uh, is the impact that ENC has on us as students. Uh, they're really taking seriously the call that Jesus gives us. Uh, to love God and love others. I know I said that before my last answer, but that's at the heart of what we believe as Christians. Mm -hmm. And for us not to understand other religions and us, and for us not to understand other cultures, it really hinder us and what we can do mm -hmm. to love those outside of our own area. Just like Jesus went to the people that weren't in his culture. He did the exact same thing and went to them and went and lived life with them rather than us rather than just being isolated, we can do the same thing. Um, adding to all of that, uh, I think education is really important and it's key to stop us from being ignorant to a lot of things, um, especially with things that are going around the world, with things that are happening to people, even at our school. Um, and having that knowledge about different religions and different cultures really does um, make a difference uh, in people's lives and in a conversation. So even if it is in, in world religions, I know that being in human diversity is, it's good to know about different religions and different cultural backgrounds. Being in living, um, living issues as well, which is another um, gen ed, that like each of these classes are kind of like another tool that you can use to just go off of and be like, you know, a good model citizen, I guess, in a way. But yeah, I think that really being educated on all these topics is, it is making us all a better person. So Professor Tegershan, I hope you, uh, this one wasn't on the script, so I, I hope you'll, you'll forgive me. But I'm really, I'm really struck as I listen to all three of you, to all three of you share, by the, the difference in the tenor of your, of your sort of thought processes about, about this subject as compared to, to sort of what I would have experienced in my own sort of adolescence and, and formation, some of which you, you spoke to. But I think that would, it would have been characterized, if we had had a conversation about this, it would have been characterized by, by two things. One would have been fear you know, that fear that exposure to another religious tradition, and I guess, Amanda, you sort of touched on this, that fear that exposure to other people's ideas would, <clears throat> excuse me, lead to the loss of, of our own Christian faith, or that the only reason why you would want to know about someone else's religious tradition is so that you could give them the proofs that would convert them to Christianity. Um, and I don't know if you, I, I, I guess maybe, I don't know if I have a question exactly, but uh, do, what is it or how is it that that conversation in your mind has, has changed? And, and I guess, should we feel like that's a change for the better? I do think it's a change for the better, but that's where I'm coming from. I, I mean, I don't know. What exactly? I'm sure there are a lot of people in here who could could probably even name in a theological 
theoretical way what's changed, but I know a lot changed for me after 9-11 happened. And all of a sudden it's like um, Islam is, is so, like we have to know something about Islam. It's either that there's fear or that, um, you know, there's just like, are we really going to demonize a whole group of people? And if we do, what does that mean for who we are as humans? Um, we've seen that happen before. <laughs> Um, the Holocaust, right, or, or different, different other examples. So I just think it, we're, because something like 9-11, and this is just one example, has touched our soil in a way that it has been very significant to this last um, 20 years or, you know, whatever, uh, I think it's just, it, it raises new questions. So I think there's new questions on the table. But also I think Christianity has done a lot of damage um, with colonialism, the way that we have taken our Christianity and said, you know, we really want what's, what your resources are, but we're going to use our Christianity to get it. Um, so I think we've done some damage. So in, in that way, I think we need to really respect human beings and, and be open to them and the gifts that they bring and not try to get something. And so I, I think also my whole way of um, doing evangelism or thinking about evangelism has shifted from even when I grew up that I'm, I'm in relationship with people so that they can be Christians. I'm really not interested in like a real relationship of mutual sharing. Um, and also there's a sense of like, are we really trusting God to do the work of transformation in the world and that we're agents of that? How much are we forcing the hand? So I, there's a lot of questions and there's not an easy answer, mm -hmm. But I think it comes down to, for me, like really respecting the human beings who are in front of us and expecting, respecting um, the stories and the pain that my people, my tribe, have been a part of, of um, creating in the world. Going to leave that one alone. <laughs> she did great. <laughs> I thought so. Well, maybe just, just one last question, and any, anybody can take a crack at this, but uh, you know, for, for, for those of us who maybe are thinking, I should probably have some friends in other religious traditions, um, build some relationships. For those who are thinking, I need to understand better uh, how, to, you know, how to interact with people of other religious traditions. I need to understand the, the nature of those religious traditions. Uh, places to go, recommendations about things to read, places to start, other than, of course, your class, which yeah, yeah. seems like the logical place. Sure. Um, one place to start is uh, to learn about different faith world leaders who are around the world, like you've probably heard of the Dalai Lama, someone we talk about in the class that is um, also from the Buddhist tradition is Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, he is a part of what's called Engaged Buddhism, and it just has an incredible story, and he writes, and his writing is beautiful. So like, these are two people that are kind of known on the world stage, and like to read a biography about them, and to really respect who they are and where they're coming from, and, and the, the goodness that they've offered the world, particularly around peacemaking. Um, there's a really awesome book, I haven't read it yet, it's, um, it's a book between, it's like a conversation between Desmond Tutu from the Anglican Christian tradition, and then the Dalai Lama, it's about joy. And so like, even to read about um, people who are of traditions having conversations with each other, to see how that's modeled. Um, something that's not actually reading, but an incredible podcast is On Being with Krista Tippett. Uh, she is doing some excellent work at 
bringing out the stories of people around all these various faith traditions uh, and how people are living out their faith in just a variety of different ways, unexpected ways. Um, but also, you actually mentioned at the very start of chapel today two different stories, one being with the, I'm not going to say the word right, is it Rodadinga? The Rohingya. Rohingya. Yeah. The Rohingya um, Muslims. Mm -hmm. Like To be aware of what the current events are, like what are the stories that we're hearing and then how are they related to religions? Um, also, uh, recognizing what are the narratives that we're hearing in the news and what are the narratives that have been told in history and how might we add to those narratives with the other side of the coin? So, so much of what we hear is the negative. But in order to be people who are what's called interfaith leaders, we have to be able to show or to be able to see and know um, the positive stories. There are faith leaders out there who have who've done peacemaking work, who are doing amazing things in the world and for people. And what are those stories that we can then combine with all of the negative? Because um, there is so much positive in the world. Um, also, someone I talk about in the class is Ibu Patel, and he's written some really great books on um, interfaith work. And his thing is that it's, it's one thing to have a dialogue with people, it's, it's, we need this, but also these relationships gain by working together. So he started an organization called Interfaith Youth Corps, and it's all about serving alongside of peop with people that have a different tradition. So like you get to know people through serving, and you realize like, wow, okay, you might even t not talk about religion at first. You might talk about baseball or football, what team you're rooting for, um, like a variety of other things, and you begin to see, wow, like we're we have a lot of similar interests, and then maybe religion becomes a part of that topic too. So. In Boston, at the Harvard Divinity School, there is a lecture that I've been enjoying, a series called Religions and Practices of Peace. And you can actually get a free meal um, if you go on their website and sign up for one of their talks. There's one happening next Thursday on nonviolent resistance and religion. Um, so it's free. There's something, Ibu Patel is coming to Boston on February 26th. So like there's so much happening around here. If you really wanted to learn more, and now we're in Boston, not only learning, but like getting to learn from like the best <laughs> in the world. Like some of these world, 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 I can't even talk, world renowned people are like in our backyard. So if you are someone who's interested in doing more, like come talk to me, I can brainstorm Great. possibilities. Thanks so much. Can we, uh, can we thank Professor Tegerstrand and Amanda and Caleb for sharing with us this morning? Let's pray together and then Regine will come and lead us in the doxology. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day, for your love and your work in our lives, and for the opportunity to commit all of who we are into your hands. Lord, we, uh, we pray that you would help us to be uh, your faithful witnesses in this world, that we would lead uh, our lives with your love uh, and into relationship with uh, everyone that we meet. For your sake and for your glory, in Christ's name we pray, amen.